Uh, just because, you know, I've been casually watching episodes and it's like I was telling you, man, uh, Helper does a lot. Like, he's got a lot of functionality. Granted, you know, uh, getting into the nitty gritty of it, like, you know, uh, there's a lot of great references that they toss in. Uh, you know, like the whole backstory is a, a reference to the Animatrix and like, uh, you know, Terminator all in one and stuff. You know, he's a persistent character. Like, yeah, no, I thought it'd be, you know, a good casual, like easy episode to cut. No, definitely. Oh, we ready to get rolling? Yeah. All right, we're, uh, we're an hour in. <laughs> I think we can officially get started now. Hey, we're just talking about a little bit of helper. Just talking, just talk about helper. Shut your bell. <laughs> now, uh, quick question without any Googling. Uh, do you gentlemen know what helper stands for? Um, humanoid. Exci aside from truth, justice, and the venture way. Um, humanoid laboratory uh, practical robot. You're, you're actually not. Yeah, too, that, too far off. That sounds really close. I don't got it though. What you got? A uh, humanoid electronic lab partner robot. The lab other E was added. Uh, the lowercase E was added aesthetic. for aesthetics. Yeah. yeah. Jonas Venture knows his aesthetics. So I'm doing an episode on Helper. Uh, is you know he's one of the unsung heroes here in the Ventureverse, right? You know what uh, else? We get too far. You know what else is an unsung hero? Introductions. Welcome out, ladies and gentlemen, to another spectacular episode of Hinch Life Pirate Radio's very own Conjectural Technologies, a venture industries podcast. Go Team Venture! Brothers. Gary, nobody cares about the Venture Brothers. People care. Well, just be quiet. All right, fine. People really need to know this stuff. Right out the gate is none other than our very own Baron Beast Lamode warming up his Yuletide season's greetings by jumping right in, which is where his clones came from. Why don't you just say Yule <laughs> I am also joined by none other than our resident denizen of Diener Theater Disaster, a master at baiting theatrical people into doing his dirty whims. When they say break a leg, Vaude takes that literally. Mr. Vaude Villain. If you get trolled by somebody called Dirty Whims, that is me. <laughs> I'm using that. <laughs> Um, you know, I got to tell you, it's it, it, as I understand, you took your entire uh, aesthetic from uh, realizing that all you wanted to do was put people in casts. Ah, wordplay. Eh. <laughs> little, little, little here, little there. Very nice. Very nice. 
and I am your third and final co-host this evening, the inimitable Professor Brock Savage, international man of mystery and occasional maker of delicious and nutritious meals for small children. Now, today, in so, this very I want to know where that's going. Episode. Yeah, that looked like a deep, <laughs> introspective look at yourself. <laughs> I yeah, just tell me more about these nutritious meals. Dude, are you a today, are you a helper, dude? Today, I straight up looked at the lunch that I prepared for my kids, and I was like, "Fuck yes, son! You are crushing this." <laughs> yeah, look I looked, dude. You know, I had hot three sitting there. Hot one was eating. Hot two was trying to cram food before class got started. And I looked around. Everybody had vegetables. They had fruit. They had dairy. They had grains. Like, dude, it, wheat bread. Wheat bread. Wheat bread. Mm. Making them eat it. Yeah. So uh, that's uh, my quarantine life. So uh, today we are doing a very special episode. You've already gotten the gist from Baron Beast uh, Yule Log of, uh, <laughs> uh, what do we want to call it? By the that? way, you'll probably want a shot premature, for that, Premature injunculation. <laughs> um, so uh, let me, allow me to use the hortatory subjunctive here and let's get started with tonight's very special episode about our favorite humanoid experimental lab partner robot helper our often unsung hero of many of the venture adventures and a robot without whom the show would be missing a little uh je ne sais quoi je ne sais je ne sais <laughs> i was trying to think of a really clever like Pun, but I couldn't think of a robot you've missed that started with qua. Like I was thinking like Quiborg, it just didn't come off right. Like je ne sais what? <laughs> what? Je ne sais what? What? So, but I digress. Um, now, if I am not mistaken, our very first introduction to Helper was in the very first episode dia de los dia de los dangerous so he's been a part of venture family from the get-go well and uh you know of course throughout the course of events we find out you know he's uh been there long before that he's a prototype he's he's been there since uh junus venture senior and they established some pretty interesting helper tropes early on uh one great thing about dia de los dangerous is lowrider helper yes. <laughs> and that's a you know kind of a running theme you know starting from the first episode is helper will change you know things like you know they find a way to bring him back to normal every you know every so often but i mean we had a whole season of like walking spider helper yeah. <laughs> you know in some ways helper is the closest thing to a conventional sitcom that the venture brothers achieves yeah. In that, he is the closest thing to being reset every episode. Well, that's just because they don't know how to charge him up properly. 
No, uh, well, and you know, I'm I'm glad you you know kind of bring up like the closest thing they've got to to sitcom because he hits on a lot of things that I love. Right? He's obviously part Rosie from the Jetsons. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he's very much obviously like part Beaker also. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, and of course, you know, you, you guys know how much of a hard on I have for Muppets. That's uh, true. I have I have seen the videos. You did not mean to get released. No, I, I, I meant to send you those. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, and uh, he, he's also uh, part R2-D2. Like whenever he's on the, the X-1, like his head's always outside of the X-1, which is a, a clear Star Wars joke, you know? Um, yeah. And the fact that like, you know, they can understand him the same way Luke understands R2-D2. Uh, uh, Luke does not figure R2 out for a long time. Like, you remember that Luke has to use the screen in order to understand R2 after the Battle of Hoth as they're flying toward Dagobah. You can just pull that right off the top of your freaking head, huh? That is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, no, no, no. But wait, like, see, he didn't understand. Like, <laughs> Well, he didn't grow up speaking R2-D2. Uh, I mean, uh, the boys grew up with Helper. Yes, they did. Uh, Rusty actually, grew up with Helper. Yeah. So wait, does and that mean I, that Helper had to keep from the boys that he knew that they were clones? Yes. <laughs> Helper's in on the secret? <laughs> well, and, and think for a second about what that actually means. Like, this is, I, I gotta tell you, the fact that you just pulled this out, Vod is one of the many reasons you are so freaking phenomenal to have on this show. Because you have just laid bare a totally unshakable truth, a foundational truth about this show that I had never once considered before. No, that had never hit well, me. No, no, and here's the thing. Said, in any other context... actually means. Well, in any other context, this is like, again, huge deal, right? But because it's Venture Brothers, like, they snuck it in on you. Like, this is exactly the big reveal for Mom uh on umbrella academy season one you know except for like they're they're not clones but essentially like you know the the big twist and uh, if you haven't seen umbrella academy season one uh, eat a dick i'm sorry uh spoiler yeah spoiler alert like twist you know uh hargreaves kills himself in order to get the kids back together and she's the only one who knows the secret you know and she's incidentally also like a a helper android around her own home mm-hmm. um you know but again because of how that's wrapped up that's that's a big like build-up secret we didn't even how many years have we been watching the show and i didn't know this shit until like you know vaude villain over here chucks it at me like a rotten tomato at a fucking <laughs> hamilton screening <laughs> based on uh, true events uh, well <laughs> and let, let's really consider what this means this actually the the fact that he has been hiding this tells you everything you need to know about Helper's personality. Right? Oh, no. Jonas Venture Sr. programmed him to keep secrets. That has to have been a thing. That's spooky. (laughs) That's something that has to be in the programming of a robot from the 1960s. (laughs) That's a a crazy level of capability. That's actually what the... uh, that and then the slot on his chest that dispenses Astroglide. 
<laughs> Makes oh, him man. a perfect partner for any uh, key party and, and or. <laughs> and, and, and it also makes Pop-Tarts. <laughs> well, you know, they talk about like, you know, Rusty's law at the guild. Jonas's law is that like androids cannot testify against their masters no matter what they've recorded. <laughs> <laughs> right. Jonas Venture invented deleting your history. Like, <laughs> yes, yes, he did. Oh, it, wasn't, it wasn't. A, it wasn't like a thing before that. The Every Nixon robot tapes. is incognito mode. <laughs> the Nixon tapes were like on a helper. <laughs> right. That that tracks. That could have happened. That could have happened. Um, so the the thing that kind of blew my mind about this pod was that, you know, Helper knowing the boys are clones, but not wanting them to know that they might not be the boys that he knows and loves, right? In in many ways, it's the same rationale with Brock Sampson. Brock loves these boys. Mm -hmm. Brock has loved every version and every iteration of these boys and never once wanted them to feel like they weren't them because he loved them just as much. And that is equally as true with Helper. Well, that might've been the reason Helper spent an entire episode as Brock's heart. Perhaps, you know, uh, part of me feels like we are uh, in some ways, Kurt Vonnegut cat nining this. Um, I I remember when I was reading, Oh God, not, not Cat Nine, Cat's Cradle, Ice Nine. Um, so when I was reading Cat's Cradle and the reason they created Ice Nine, spoiler alert, if you haven't read a book from 50 years ago, is uh, that the Marines wanted to get out of the mud. And so they wanted something that would freeze the mud so they could walk on top of it. And of course, I immediately thought, well, that's right, because God made Adam from mud, which means that if we interpret and it was like, you know, I think that's just a coincidence. I don't know that it's a symbolic representation of the creation of man, you know, leading to his own destruction. But uh, I think that, you know, while the, you know, helper being his heart is a really good metaphor uh, I do not know that it was one that they were shooting for, but just because no, we're uh, shooting for I was really just trying to segue into the multifunctionality of Helper uh, in an interesting way, and you really just <laughs> took right <laughs> off of that. <laughs> uh, if I get a chance to work in Vonnegut, I- I'm good for it. So uh, let's talk about the multifunctionality, uh, multifunctionality of helper and uh specifically the question that every one of our more uh how was it i phrased it dirty whimsy listeners what 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 did i call it earlier dirty whims whims. all of our dirty whimmed listeners does he have data functionality (laughs) i don't mean data i'm data data. functionality uh i mean is is jonas first off uh you have to understand Based on what we know from the Helper 2 episode, uh, that helpers were, in fact, marketed to housewives and lazy husbands. So you better believe that they have a vibrate mode and probably an oscillator mode. And <laughs> I like to call it vibrosillation. So, oh, oh, okay. oh. Dirty whims done beep beep. Oh, Dirty whims God. done beep. Done beep. beep. Done beep. 
sheep. <laughs> Dirty whims. Done. <laughs> uh, we are going to oh, have a good time with that. Uh, talking about episode. helpers multifunctionality. He was a drum machine in, in Shallow Gravy. Yes, he was. Uh, he is a nanny as well. Let's not forget that uh, his primary function is also the one that got all the other helpers destroyed. Uh, can, can you give us a little bit of backstory on why Helper is um, the last of his kind? So Helper was the prototype of uh, essentially like a, a whole line of helpers. And we find this out when we're introduced to Helper 2. And he's distinguished by two things. Uh, primarily, A, he's red. Uh, B, well, I say two things. It's really three things. Uh, a, he, he's red. B, he's got feet. And three, he's voiced by Reese Darby. Um, and uh, basically, uh, in kind of a parody in my opinion, a parody of, you know, kind of the Animatrix or uh, Terminator or those movies like where the machines take over. Uh, yeah. You know, the baby pulls the eye out of the helper and puts it in his mouth. Like the helper doesn't attack him, you know, doesn't do anything untoward. Like the kid breaks a toy like kids do. And by the way, like that's what they need to do to quality test things hand an iPhone to a toddler first. And if it can survive for an hour, you might have a good product. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so uh, the first line of helpers obviously did not survive the toddler test and there was a recall, uh, which incidentally makes uh, helper two also like paranoid of being persecuted uh, in the world <laughs> from religious zealots. So I the only, love... only two helpers left are, you know, uh, prototype helper blue, and then uh, second helper, helper two, uh, who was also uh, very incidentally friendly on his own and, and speaks English. He doesn't speak in boops and beeps. No, I did. I thought that was so funny when uh, like he just his anxiety and dread about going into the world of deadly killing machines, a.k.a. ticked off parents. <laughs> the religious zealots. Like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and we, we already established that I'm not the biggest uh, knower of things Star Wars, but was it just me or was it sort of the he was the C-3PO to the R2-D2 that is our helper original? Yeah, when you like, say you're not into Star Wars. Look at you. I, I, well, I know, like I said, I, I know enough in passing. I've seen the Family Guy and Robot Chicken episodes. I've, I know my That's thing. That's all you really need. It, but I don't know that he was uh, Luke had to look at the screen or whatever to understand R2-D2. I, I don't got that. I, I, I don't have the depth there. But it just it seemed to me that that, would, that had to have been a, a, a pun joke reference that they were making with all of that. Well, and he, he does have that like, again, uh, you know, neuroticism uh, that is certainly shared with C3. That like, uh, you know, genuine negativity uh kind of the the marvin of it all you know in in douglas adams uh yeah i mean that's that's a really solid call next thing you're going to tell me that you noticed that the guy who played uh john lawrence and hamilton also played philip hamilton 
<laughs> yeah, you'll get there. <laughs> Got a long way to go, baby. <laughs> so, when we are looking at how the machines have retreated from the world, the helpers retreated from the world, uh, Helper 2 was the last uh, of the models of Helper that managed to survive. Our prototype Helper is just fine, right? And, well, and the Great Recalling might be the impetus for Helpers, and that's what it's called in, in Venture Canon, is the Great Recalling. Yeah. Uh, might be the, the impetus for uh, Helper's, uh, you know, kind of uh, attitude regarding the oncoming, you know, war between man and machine. I love this. What, what, how is it that it's phrased? Uh, when, when, I believe it's Hank interprets for Helper, when <laughs> Brock, like, you know, takes apart Adrian and Helper's all weirded out by it. And he's like, oh, you know, for the coming war between man and machine. He's the often brother. spoken. I, I want to say he's often spoken of the upcoming war between man and machine. <laughs> <laughs> I love the, you know, just the fact that you're referring to a machine or a, a robot. And he's often spoken of it. It's just such an eloquent way to speak of the words of a robot. Like, <laughs> who just well, I mean, he's not right? just a robot. He, he quotes Maya Angelou. Like, there he's was, an eloquent robot. <laughs> There was a meme going around the other day. It was like a little, it was a dad holding his little son. And he's like, what did dogs say? Woof, woof. What did cats say? Foolish humans, your hubris will render you impotent before our mighty fury. And the dad's like, what? And the cat's in the background going, narc. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. <laughs> okay, uh, this just popped into my head since we're talking Maya Angelou and things he's quoting. Helper was made essentially before the internet ha could have been a thing. For all the things he quotes and knows, he he clearly has opinions on Led Zeppelin. Uh, do, is it all learned? Does Do you think Helper, like each individual Helper had the ability to go out and like develop a database of knowledge and form opinions? Because... It's not just that he knows things. He clearly has opinions on things. Um, and without the internet, <laughs> he's not getting it uploaded. He doesn't have like a connection. There's no... I, I, One day when like, you know, it's time for like, you know, the, every so often like the, the firmware upgrader or what have you, essentially what they would do is have Hector and you know shifty sit down with these punch cards and feed him into the back of helper and update his database uh, <laughs> like every time something came out like you know you have to you know tip it on punch card like he, he still doesn't have like all of the princess diaries and because shifty was a huge fan of material girl that's why uh, helper's a massive madonna fan to this day like his his his, uh, his knowledge on everything is slightly skewed by a boxer and a uh, refugee pickup from 1960 somewhere <laughs> well and okay so while we're talking like helper and uh, you know we were talking about riffs on helper uh, we can't we can't leave out Jbot, uh, which seems to be Helper's own self-designated arch enemy. Uh, 
<laughs> like he I shows love the, the capacity for jealousy. Jbot with like, oh you, <laughs> Dean. <laughs> that's and that's probably one of my favorite like sight gags. Uh, it was one of my favorite sight gags in in uh, Avengers. Uh, you know the you know Hulk just punching Thor off screen, right? And like. Uh, helper just knocking J-Bot off the Ventec Tower. <laughs> Problem handled. And you could tell like a bit of a difference. Like, whereas Helper looks like essentially one of the, uh, you know, Trade Federation droids mated with an office chair, uh, the J-Bots look like the robots from like iRobot. Yeah. From yeah, like, yeah, that the, the flat Will Smith face with the round eyes. Yeah, and yeah. like the the you know kind of weaponry that comes out of the forearm. Like it, it's kind of like between like the was it the T one thousand and and those robots. It looks like if Steve Jobs designed yeah. the T one thousand. Basically, it's all white and shiny and shit. <laughs> yeah, and you know that that damn thing has like a specific like charging cord. Yep, and like it will be a different one on the new machine. Yeah. <laughs> every 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 new robot will have new accessories you have to buy. Do you think that that's what they do with the Terminators? Like every time it's like, oh, proprietary cords. Why Skynet? <laughs> not not gonna lie. I have a buddy who works. Uh, he originally uh, did some work with NASA way back when he was going out of college, uh, but he ended up working in an industry now where they make uh, pieces for uh, spacecrafts. And the stuff that they're making is essentially indestructible. You'll never have to buy another one again. And it's his job to figure out how do you market and keep selling something that will never be broken and never be destroyed. And essentially, until you convince him to build another spaceship, they'll never need to come back and talk to you again about it. Um, problem Problems for the future. <laughs> well, I mean, so, that's a solution. Like, well, it's indestructible. Yeah, but you just launched it off into space. So I know you need another one. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's like unless that thing blows up quick, you got a while until they're probably going to want to build the next one. <laughs> yeah, it depends. You're just going to be like, you know what you guys really need? More science. We, we, we might be able to make it even more indestructible than indestructible if, we, if you gave us millions of dollars. <laughs> Is that what those damn monoliths are? <laughs> they keep popping up. Apparently, there's uh, there's a monolith in Fayetteville that cropped up. Oh, dude, it's like this tall. Is it? Yeah, it's tiny. It's in a flower bed. <laughs> I love you the way you say monolith. monolith. Like it's a. That's thing. a metal. That's a stake. <laughs> that's a tin yeah. stake. Like. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's like Banksy, and he's like, I don't. I don't go to the desert. What the hell is that about? <laughs> so, all right. If you had a helper in your life, and I don't think we're far off, we're already casually like introducing robots and and listening devices and stuff. I mean, uh, my house is going to be more HAL nine thousand than than helper. I figure, uh, <laughs> but like you know the Roombas and things like that. So, like if you had a helper in your life, what would your helper be doing for you? Uh, making lunches for my kids. Um, my helper would be 
You know what my helper would do? My helper would get the car started on cold mornings. That'd be pretty solid. Uh, my helper, like I, I'm trying to, so the reason helpers went wrong was because uh, in the 1960s, parents were just turning their kids over to helpers and be like, here, raise this. Uh, I don't think I would suffer the same uh, hubris, so to speak. Uh, I'd be more interested in helper helping. Do the dishes, change that light bulb. Like, uh, you know, uh, make this really complex recipe that I don't wanna have to learn. Like, just like now with my phone, I don't have to remember any phone numbers ever again for the rest of my life. Uh, I could just avoid any recipe ever. Yeah, you basically nailed it on the head. Uh, I love to eat different foods all the time, but there are so many recipes to A, keep on top of and become good at making and then keeping it all in the house that she'd just be going to the store. And like, I, I've always, it, for me, it's always been rosy. Ever since being a little kid watching the Jetsons, I've always just, and then the instant you get asked to do your very first chore and then you finish it and then you watch an episode of the Jetsons and you see her zipping around the house, getting everything done. You're just like that, that right there between her cleaning and all of that and, and, and just the fact that then she could go over to the food maker where you could just have it make absolutely anything and then she brings it over i'm like done that's it that's the game um eat well, awesome see, the replicator food. would be dope but i don't know if i would want okay and and they touch on this in uh was it was it in it, it was one of the the last two avenger movies uh where vision is cooking for wanda but he doesn't have taste buds. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, do, I mean, do you want a, a thing that can't perceive taste to make your food? Well, if See, it's like, I, I, a perfect I, recipe... I would rather just do the dishes. Like, If I wanted a perfect recipe, I wouldn't be cooking. <laughs> like, Because I, like, I know I would, whenever, I, whenever I cook it, it's not coming out right. I would have it essentially, you know, interact with people that I don't want to like go get my takeout, uh, wash the dishes, uh, you know, take out the garbage. I don't know. I mean, it would be pretty, pretty mundane stuff, you know, sharpen the axes, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, if I spend, if I sharpen my axes when the way you're supposed to, I would spend 18 hours a day sharpening axes. And do you know how they get dull? Me neither. Cause it's not like I'm using them the way they're supposed to be used. But, <laughs> right. but I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it would be like mundane tools, but then I would also, I don't know, expect it to all be like a weird constant companion. Like, you know, it's an Alexa on wheels. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty solid. Oh, uh, okay. Let's take I a black probably, mirror. I would probably adapt mine to have a bigger speaker system. Probably I mean, you companion. could put one of those like, really nice Bose Bluetooth speakers in that head canister and call that a day. Uh, and you know, he's got like a sweet beat mapping system in there. Like beep, beep, boop, beep, 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 boop. <laughs> um, no, I mean, okay, so where's, where's the black helper, mirror? I would totally have helper download my music and process it every week. Cause I have to do hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of songs every week and it takes hours. Well, I was gonna say, where, where's the Black Mirror? Like, the where's black the mirror of helper? 
is yeah. you waking up in the middle of the night and finding helpers standing over you and being like, I anticipated you'd need me right now. <laughs> like, and then handing you like, uh, like the, the black mirror would be helpers starting to go weird. Like, and it's like, instead of like- Helper developing right feelings like, for your wife. Here, well, like instead of helper handing you like a, ga a glass of warm milk, he hands you like a brick. <laughs> like from the neighbor's house. Oh. Uh, <laughs> what if uh you're you're building your hal house over there and then you just wake up one morning and there's just a robot in your living room and you're like what the fuck is that? And then it's just the same voice that comes out of your normal thing but it's just now created its own body. <laughs> and you're like, "Uh, sentient house bot. No, no, no. I am here to be more helpful." And you're just like, "No, no, no." <laughs> This is not what we needed. <laughs> Your prostate needs milking again. No, he's not this hour. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, no, I, that would definitely be be pretty awful. Uh, you know, the the anticipatory helper. Uh, I think the the overly affectionate helper, like helper that discovers too much humanity. So helper that will either Ultron. like, yeah, either go full Ultron. <laughs> Or go full like uh, you know single white robot. <laughs> <laughs> like, can you imagine like getting up to get dressed in the morning and a helper comes out in your clothes? <laughs> movie, I was cold. I put on your sweater. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that movie her, but like with helper. Like beep 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 beep. beep. I never really thought about it like that. Like. <laughs> oh god yeah that's uh that's that's definitely a black i want to do the helper cut of her because they took out like scarlett johansson was not the first voiceover i don't know who did the first voiceover but they totally took that lady's performance file 13 that shit uh and so, yeah, no, go through, cut ScarJo out and just, like, have uh, Joaquin Phoenix fall in love with, like, you know, the disembodied, uh, you know, AI of Helper. Helper's Jarvis would be pretty good. <laughs> All right, Jarvis, show me the weak points. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> no, now's not the time to quote Maya Angelou. <laughs> Why do I not want to go recut, like, old, like... Uh king kong and godzilla shots but just with helper sound effects throughout all of them that just sounds way too awesome i want to find like the best shots to like replace a character with helper voice you now oh godfather you just have helper <laughs> walk in and ask a question no you put down the gun and you pick up the cannoli <laughs> Can you imagine Helper at the top of the well in, um, uh, well, God bless, um, Not to Kill a Mockingbird, the movie with Hannibal Lecter, um, Jodie Foster. Oh, God. Silence of the Lambs? Silence of the Lambs. Pew, pew. Pew, pew. Like, like Helper, no, no, no. Helper, it, he's, helper he's doing the wild. He's gotta yeah, no, tuck he's it back. The, he's doing the I'd fuck me scene, but he's playing like the beep beep boop beep 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 boop. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Why can I understand that? <laughs> no, when Buffalo Bill throws up all the cards and he runs down at the very end, I can just <laughs> And then him stalking her around with the night vision goggles. <laughs> the the little like pincher claw comes out. <laughs> We're talking black mirror. Helper is what you get when you call tech support. That is the absolute worst of all futures. <laughs> that seems more like a Rick and Morty premise. Although they did have one of the greatest call center premises I think I have ever seen. I got to give tip of the hat to Rick and oh, Morty. Oh, where the, they open the thing. Yeah, they open the door. Out. We're free! <laughs> 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 that was one of the best help support line jokes I think you can make. <laughs> It almost reminded me of that old uh, John Ritter, the the uh, guy opens a fortune cookie and inside it just says, help, I'm trapped in a fortune cookie factory. <laughs> it was a nice right. twist on that. It was a, it was a very clever updated twist. <laughs> All right, so here's, here's probably the saddest version of Helper that I think I can think of. And it comes from a black mirror, right? Uh, it's one of the episodes with Domino Gleason. So it starts off and there's a couple and uh they have a bit of a spat and he leaves and you get the impression there's a car accident or something but he doesn't come back he's dead so she starts off with a service that logs into all of his like social media and uses an algorithm to recreate him in an in an uh like a voice format so she can call and ask him questions and stuff. And like, you know, based on the, the algorithm, you know, it kind of uh, talks about, uh, you know, like it is basically like calculates a, a normal conversation. And I mean, and the, the program is like, well, I'm not him. And, and at first it kind of starts out that way. And then it very much doesn't do anything to define the lines anymore. Later on, like as the episode progresses, she actually gets the option to upgrade to a body and like creepy. Yeah, like grows it in the bathtub and then uploads the AI into it and he's walking around. Uh but like, you know, he's kind of a he, <laughs> he, he he's like a meat sack helper. Like he he's a person that speaks, but he's just as dumb as a helper. <laughs> and after a while, this like infuriates her and one of the the sad things about it was she was pregnant with his child and so like this kid's growing up and it's got this like weird helper clone of her dad that they keep in the attic because she makes her so uncomfortable so like the little girl's like oh can we go upstairs and eat cake with so and so and basically like he shoves cake down his mouth and then like cleans it out of a trap in his foot like he didn't actually eat food uh, she tries to kill him at one point and can't like uh, tries to push him off a cliff but like mentally like can't do it and that's how he ends up living in the attic and his daughter basically like you know go visits the clone of her father like the the android duplicate thereof uh, and the whole time I'm watching that episode I was like this is helper this is like how helper would happen in in the real yeah. world like yeah. <laughs> people would get emotionally attached and have to give their helper a unique identity and a name. <laughs> so it just sounded like the weirdest version of what was it? Flowers in the attic I've ever heard of. Like, 
Did you ever see that one? Yeah. That was yes. about the weirdest thing I saw when I was 14. I don't know why I got shown that, but that 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 sends off the same creeper vibes. Um you're you you set my brain down a, a black mirror hole though, since we've got the the different versions of the boys and we were kind of talking earlier about how helper must know that they are around. What if anybody in the venture verse was doing the um was it the SS Lincoln? Was that the one where the, the guy has the spaceship virtual reality with the DNA from people oh, that the, he... McAllister? Yeah, McAllister, that's what it was. Yeah. Um, my brain just went down this hole where I'm like, wouldn't it be weird if someone had kept a version of each of the boys and they were all in like the same place? I, I almost want to see like the, the, the Venture Brothers multiverse of dead hank and dean clones all getting to hang out together i don't know why but that just seems way too fun to me they'd all (laughs) they'd all still have like their injuries from how they died and everything so you can tell which one's which they all need like distinguishing markers and everything but i I just think that'd be way too much fun i think like any more than three hanks together would just piss off all the deans like they'd just be (laughs) like oh calm down already i feel like the u.s geological survey would have to come up with a name for a group like a, a group of apes is a parliament a group of giraffes is a tower a group of rhinos is a crash like you have a murmuration of starlings and an exaltation of whatever else like what would a group uh, like it would it be a shallow gravy of hanks <laughs> well i mean i think any number of uh like a um any grouping of dead clones is called a murder <laughs> a murderer cl- <laughs> uh, murder clones yeah and, and the group of dead henchmen is called a brock that's a that's a brock yeah, right <laughs> yeah that's a thing a gross um, a gross <laughs> so uh also, like a, ve- like, a venture of hanks if you have a bunch uh, of hanks all venture <laughs> What would a group of deans be called? A depression of deans? Depression of deans. Depression. I feel it's like depression and coming in the air. <laughs> well, you can see the alpha male of that depression crying. No, no. It, it, it's called a wine. A wine? A wine of, yep. A, a wine, wine of deans. Now, yeah. okay, talking about the secrets Helper keeps, you think you knew about Dermot? Ooh. No. Unless, because most of the conversations that were had were not had on the Venture Compound. I was going to say, did they, they weren't meeting at the Venture Compound. Rusty was going out to her, right? Well, they live in the only trailer park by the compound. <laughs> Which is convenient. Uh, <laughs> well, your number one fan would move to right outside your door. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what I am more and quick curious about? Helper clearly knew that Rusty was a clone. That's true. You mean, even Helper, too, knew that Rusty was a clone. Yeah. That's how we find out Rusty was a clone, actually. Dropping them help bombs. Yeah. 
So, you know, my, I, I, like as far as the secrets that Helper keeps, what happened to the original Rusty? Is that why Helper, like the original Helper hasn't been upgraded? Oh, Sam, I know what happened to the original Rusty. It's Malcolm. Ooh. The, e- the truly bad to the bone evil child actually did kill his friend as a kid. And that's why he just has this deep-seated hatred for Rusty because at one point he genuinely wanted to kill Rusty and killed him. And then the motherfucker came back. And you're like, no, I put your ass in the ground. I am going to hate you till the end of goddamn time. And then you are then have your fifth birthday. And then uh, some more time goes by. You don't really remember why, but I always hated that motherfucker. Like, I get that. That rings. Like, See, I had never put that together, never yeah. thought about that. I, Bravo. I, I would never have put that together. Well, going back to the, the R2-D2, to... that's kind of a thing on, on R2-D2, like uh, in all the movies is R2-D2 has witnessed almost every major Star Wars event. And he's he the only one who hasn't been wiped. And yeah, he, he remembers all of it and can only verbalize a little bit of it to people. So he's like the Force Gump of the Star Wars universe, kind of? Actually, yeah, because he does show up at the most interesting time at the right place and always saves the day. And kind of has a hard time communicating what the hell he's trying to talk about. Yeah, yeah, bingo. They get it eventually, but it's not the clearest path. (laughs) Cool. Mm. Nice. Yeah. No, uh, and let's not forget uh, Helper's stint as a supervillain. Helper's alias as Crime Robot, the Crime Robot. We have programmed him to think of only crime. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what gave me the the wondering about, like, you know, if he knew about Dermot in some form or fashion. Because, I mean, again, you know, is Helper affable or is Helper just genuinely treating him like a venture because he knows? I mean, it could go either way, like. I am inclined to believe that Helper knows practically everything and is too nice to say much about it. If the way Helper 2.0 talks and acts is any indication of what Helper's beeps and boops indicate about his personality, I would definitely agree with that. It's definitely a personality type programmed into those robots to be helpful. Yeah, helpful and nothing more than that. And in a very British butlery sense, like you keep the house's secrets quiet. You don't talk about that out yeah. there. It's yeah, all tight lipped and stiff upper lip and all that nonsense. You know, and actually uh that, that's I was talking to savage about this uh a little while back but that's one of my favorite things from douglas adams is the uh the technology with genuine people personalities because they're not always good personalities like they're you know doors that think too much of themselves or depressed robots (laughs) yeah um no i mean and i like the idea that like you know uh helper is the the same kind of secret keeper as r2d2 like, you know, he's he's like, well, I, I know the saga. Like, that's one thing nobody's ever considered is 
R2-D2, like, we're just reading his memory holocron. Like, that's why we get to see it all. Yeah. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, brought to you direct by Time Life TD2. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Helper really goes... Uh, I don't know. It, it's really interesting... Helper goes out of his way in, in such a belovedly dumb way sometimes. Like one of my favorite Helper jokes uh, is, uh, oh man, I need to go back and, and watch the, the the episode. It's the episode with the Companda. Um, <laughs> Brisby. Brisby, yeah. the Brisby Land episode. Yeah, and he's like, Helper, bring back the X1. And he jumps out of the X1. He's like, Helper, <laughs> turn around, come back. He's like, <laughs> like... Uh, but then at the same time helper like in a pinch will totally like climb up underneath the x1 and be the landing gear oh if we're going to talk about uh, we're kind of going back but just all the multiple uses of helper can we talk about um well i mean just the character of helper too like it's weird he's he's brilliantly dumb but genuinely like i'm here to help like into like a mo- the the most physically detrimental manner, like you see him get ground down. No, to- you're you're setting me up perfect here. The the one where um the they get called in by the military to silence the coup with all the military an- or the 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 lab an- uh, guys, and they literally he fucks up and calls him at the beginning of the episode. Helper spends the entire episode going like what probably eight nine hundred thousand miles through the ocean he's a submarine apparently he can just like go into the ocean and come up and laser a whale and just be gone the amount of different things he showed he could do in that and then just shows up at the beach and just like takes care of business um <laughs> Dude, like spider what helper better was friend the best. do you need than that how much more helpful can you be than he was in that episode like no matter where you are on the planet, just hit the button. He's gonna come and he's gonna help you as soon as he gets there. Like, can't can't beat that. Well, and the reveal on Spider Helper was amazing. Like when Dean gets a load of Spider Helper and he freaks out. <laughs> like, no, Dean, what? It's just Helper. I love the heart to heart they have when he's just like, you don't like being a spider bot, do you? <laughs> it's like <laughs> He goes and starts looking for enough parts to put him back together. It's fucking amazing. While wearing a shower cap or like a hairnet or something. <laughs> uh, let's also not forget that he was a kidney dialysis machine. Yes. Yes. Like he's got a lot of uh, like very distinct medical uses. Uh, like, you know, his head apparently is a Iron Man robot heart. You know, he's a dialysis machine. I'm sure his, like, you know, uh, chair portion could be used as a peg leg of some sort for, you know, pirate captain. I'm sure one of the fingers could be, like, uh, fashioned to give a tracheotomy real quick. He's got to have one of those little tools in there somewhere. Well, and he does have legs. We've seen the helper poop. Oh, God. Where like he, he that was one of the, the legs oh, and opens the what the was the joke the science joke he made like that's what you get when you mix acid and he makes some sciencey science joke right there very chemistry and I'm like that is the funniest chemistry joke I've ever heard in my life fuck I don't have it off the top of my head though no they just 
they 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 finally gave him legs and then go back to the fact that no he likes to roll around on his little office chair legs like <laughs> I, I i love that he could but doesn't like this isn't the way <laughs> well that's one of my favorite things about the helper this isn't the way <laughs> i have not spoken no uh like um was it johnny five well no because the tracks were the tracks were actually pretty used for getting up and downstairs no what was the one from robocop the ed 209 the ed 209 yeah the ed 209 like ed 209 defeated by stairs yeah. <laughs> like helper's kind of the same thing like unless uh, if it weren't for the inspector gadget style like helicopter blades like he could not traverse stairs i love the the idea that like he sat there trying to figure out how am i going to be able to get him to go upstairs what's the easiest possible helicopter head that's the easiest way to do it like that is by far the easiest solution to the stair problem you know i, I gotta tell you in some ways i think you left out one of the best references about helper and that's inspector gadget that's true very much so like you mentioned rosie yeah, uh, we did come around to Johnny Five, but I think Inspector Gadget oh, oh, is yeah. another one that uh, is Inspector is Gadget a cyborg or an android? He's a, an android, I believe, but I, he's yeah, never I had which, like part human, which means it's probably cyborg. No, because yeah, because he was their uncle, and then he got uh, and then he got fixed. I don't well, know quite after they the cut off his it. balls, then what did they do with him? <laughs> spay and neuter your uncles with all of that like I, I feel like we are missing one of the most important parts the fact that helper resembles a 3d 4x administrative droid from star wars and i think that this is a connection that we really shouldn't dismiss i mean no uh i'm, I'm going to say anything that is coincidentally star wars and the ventureverse is not coincidental uh with how much jackson public fucking loves star wars uh i can't speak to to doc hammer uh as much as you know if he seems to enjoy star wars as much i think he's more of the vaudevillain sect where he's like i've seen things incidentally i i am of the the cultural knowledge of things I'm, I get the, the joke, uh, you know, like, I, I understand what Rosebud means, you know, so to speak. That, that is the perfect summary of my, my Star Wars knowledge. Yeah. It was his <laughs> fucking sled. Like, yeah, there you go. Like. <laughs> Citizen Helper. If yeah. we ever make a print newspaper, that is the name. Citizen, Citizen Helper newspaper. Citizen Helper. <laughs> Hey kids, are you ready to take an adventure on the high seas of breakfast? We have the only seas that matter. Color, corn byproducts, and candy. I want some gas station sushi for breakfast. Stop right there, son. This cereal is slightly better than that. Try new Pirate Crunch. It's filled with everything that makes your long car ride better for dad. Flavored with sweet, sweet trank and vitamin K, enough to take you straight to the K-hole. For breakfast, are you a kid or a kid at heart? 
Or maybe you have an orphan heart in your pleasure can. Tired of eating sargassum and cod liver spots? Does Alpha Dog give you a wee bit of an Oedipus complex? Try Pirate Crunch or your father will never approve of your lifestyle choices. Do you think that Helper's Horn still plays like Cucaracha? I think he kept it. I think he brings it out for special events. Cinco de Mayo, he definitely pops it back in. Um, he uh, he is a hacker. What did he hack into? The Impossible Security System. And then, but didn't Doctor Impossible by, caught him? Uh, and, and then he got crushed by the uh, Impossible Robot Nanny Huggy. <laughs> oh, uh, speaking of Huggy. Uh, Gardo. Gardo. Oh, yeah. God. The, the companion, like, he was kind of a, a helper companion piece for for defense, which is silly because helper has some, like, defense erasure. Like, he's got, like, machine guns and, and like, a blowtorch that looks like it doubles as a flamethrower. Buzzsaw uh, hand. Okay, but let's be real. Helper is, like, the Black Widow avenger of the 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 robot world that was like the hulk coming in like i feel like rusty was potentially building or thinking of building like a full line sort of how like iron man had all of the different suits and what was that iron man 2 flying around they all had their all different purposes and everything maybe he was thinking about trying to like branch out a little bit build some different format helpers that are more specialized for certain tasks and well, then he would, of course, uh, build them and then show them to the rest of the family and then wait for the family to tell him what the other uses are that this thing could then be used for. Because, uh, you know, Rusty, build first, figure out later. Um, well, and didn't Gardo actually technically die from a uh, venereal disease he caught from uh, the monarch? <laughs> Dude, that was like the best. What are you doing? Giving your dad's robot chlamydia? <laughs> that's right along with like put a herpy in there like <laughs> yeah yeah that's oh god i've forgotten about that that's so good oh that's funny i'm gonna that's remake funny. american pie with a roomba <laughs> oh uh, you know something's gonna happen. Something's gonna happen. Did, did you ever watch? Uh, what was it? Movie forty three. Yeah. And, what, and there was that Richard Gere skit where they're like they're releasing the iPod, but the iPod is just like a lifelike naked woman. It's like the, there's a problem with the fan array, and it's like, what do you mean? It's fine. And he walks over, puts his hand into the woman, and the fan hits his fingers. He's like, yep, that's going to be a problem. <laughs> I forgot about movie 43. I say I forgot about it. I, I just remember like a handful of the, the sketches, like the the one, uh, who is it? Uh, Chloe Grace Moretz trying to back away, you know, with her, her back to the wall uh you know get away gingerly to the bathroom uh experiencing her her first blood moon as it were yeah. and then like leaving a racing stripe down the wall uh, <laughs> <laughs> no yeah. uh 
yeah no i think gardo was one of those like you know you're right like uh he, he was going to do a thing uh i think putting rusty's face on it to try to make it look more intimidating was like the wrong choice <laughs> <laughs> it i came uh, off more uh, as like 80s like was it max headroom type deal like yeah 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 um i we actually i'm just sitting here running through this we kind of covered helper in reverse because i'm sitting here thinking about it like crime robots not to what season four or five uh we've got uh um jbot that's season five um oh god what was it like don't forget helper can also uh throw up rats oh yeah <laughs> that's one of the most uh interesting skills he's got <laughs> didn't see that one coming everything else was more or less you know predictable in a way but that one left field yeah helper can bring dead rats to feed the uh undead head of jonas fincher senior well and uh one of the things i love that they they reference here on the little helper wiki is uh helper eats glass like Russell Crowe in Virtuosity. <laughs> Who remembers Virtuosity? Man, that had Denzel Washington in it. Dude, that uh, that's kind of Johnny Mnemonic territory. It's been a minute. Uh, that is better than Johnny Mnemonic. Johnny Mnemonic didn't eat glass. <laughs> <laughs> you you almost had me at glass, Johnny Mnemonic what else do we got um oh yeah he's bomb disposal billy quiz boy and doc venture use him as a bomb disposal robot when they hear suspicious noises coming from a closet in the living quarters of ventec tower was that him using him as a bomb disposal robot or just sending in the robot they, they're sending in the robot <laughs> to disable a bomb Put the uh, well, and also, he, he's also got to have uh, a database of medical knowledge. He can perform surgery. I mean, he removed two kidneys. Yes. Yeah. There's there's a lot that Helper can do. He's like um, an episode of MASH, all rolled into like one office chair. <laughs> right. Have we seen Helper kill anyone? Okay, uh, I was gonna say like we need to establish like what killing means in the ventureverse. Like, did he end eliminating a, a human life? Human life. Okay. Yeah, like now we, we, we're pretty confident that he was killing rats. I don't know that we would chalk that up as a like murder machine or a pest. We'd count that up as pest control. Uh, well, okay, if you considered uh if you consider um altered humanity uh like he did didn't he kill a few people on the the beach in venture libre yeah he killed a okay. whale he's got that in common with the boys actually that's kind of cool they both took out a giant sperm whale <laughs> 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 he'd have green peace those boat warrior guys 
He got all kinds of people all over his ass for that one. <laughs> okay. What else? Um, I, I feel like we, we, we've covered quite a bit, but like, I feel like we're, we're selling him short. He's got, as far as equipment and abilities go, he's got collapsible armor plating, twin submachine guns. One hand becomes a spinning blade. The other hand becomes a flamethrower. He's got a periscope and an eye guard and projected heads up display. No, see, here's the problem. You're you're looking at what Hector has projectile grappling does. What you're not talking about what a helper is, Savage. Talk about the ghost in the machine. Why does he (laughs) love Maya Angelou? Why does he hate (laughs) Doc Rock? (laughs) This is the like. These are the things we need to understand about Helper. Like we can read the manual. If we under like, learn to read the read man. Underlandian, we could read the manual just fine. That's not the that's not the problem. We need to understand what makes helper helper. Like at what point did he stop being like lab partner and start being like life partner? <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, I mean he's totally uh-huh. in the new wave. That, that makes sense. That's why he doesn't like the jock rock. That explains the drum machine. Uh, I'm pretty sure that, you know, he's probably got pet shop boys in his database somewhere. I'd buy that for a dollar. Hmm. And Devo. Definitely Devo. Devo is like his version of Barry White. <laughs> Devo is what he cuts on when he's like trying to do laundry and impress the dryer. Actually, I gotta tell you, if he's gonna have anything, he's gonna have clockwork, and he probably has a copy of Tangerine Dream's Phaedra framed on his wall in whatever closet he's in. Uh, do we ever see where he sleeps or like recharges? No, I've never seen Helper like come out of her bedroom. Shot. Hmm. There's, he's a there's... private. He he's very private. Right. <laughs> he has a sense of privacy. <laughs> Do you think he's got like the Futurama room where it's like he's got the clo- the his bedroom that he sleeps in, and then he's got the closet that's like the west part of the house? <laughs> oh, that is oh, dude. Okay, that would be that. That's an amazing crossover. I would love to see Helper to go out on a bender with Bender. <laughs> I'd watch that. Yeah. Uh, so Helper has saved Brock. Helper has saved Rusty. Helper has saved the boys. I mean, there would be no show without Helper. He is, in many ways, the most unsung of all the venture heroes. And I'm putting heroes in quotes. He saved Dermot. <laughs> I, I, the 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 when they get uh, busted and they don't get sent to um, uh, Wacky World, uh, and he's all like, just like uh, I mean, clearly through the beeps you can get that uh, helpers telling him to just start thinking about Doctor O, and he's like, what? He'll just like appear like Doctor Bombay or something, and it's just like, <laughs> no, well, helpers are just coming in clutch. Yes, well, and that that's also one of the the you know fan indicators right is that the venture brothers understand helper uh dermot understands helper like understands helper so 
that was always that was one of those moments like he is so wait so then do you think the helper knows that he would be interpreted as a venture by dr o i think it's like a babelfish thing there's like a <clears throat> a quality that like you know receiver you have to have to to get helper and then a, a, a certain frequency that's going to click on Dr. Uh, O's being a venture. I believe it was Dermot's mom who was the genetic receiver. Oh. Sing! <laughs> you know, that was a really nice way of saying come dumpster. <laughs> uh, somebody pointed out the other day that every single best like insult is a word followed a one syllable word followed by a two syllable word that uh, mimics with assonance the vowels of the first word come dumpster uh, twat waffle douche canoe douche canoe ass bastion which I just made up but it works just it's not great it's not my best. Uh, I mean, that's on level with fart knocker. Like, it doesn't hit the same, like, uh, kind of parameters. Yeah, it's not firing on all cylinders, but the the overall structure is there. Uh, But But yeah, like, butt nugget. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Dick tickler. (laughs) Like, (laughs) that is seriously the. the formula for insults like is it yeah that's always been one of my favorite have you seen like the books where you can flip and make the the shakespearean insults yeah Mm. yeah like all the formulaic things like this is your star wars no this is how you fucking like roast somebody (laughs) i gotta tell you it's literally a one-two punch (laughs) oh you could tell you are a dad I saw a great meme the other day. It was Darth Vader talking to Luke on Vespa, and he's like, Luke, I know what you're getting for Christmas. How's that? I have felt your presence. That's a, such a lame dad joke. Speaking of which, <laughs> I have something I want to tell you. That's that's pretty good. Yeah. Bot villain doesn't get that because he's nope. never seen it. Nope. <laughs> Yeah, but he's well aware that Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader are brothers. Like, surely... Spoilers much? You know that, right? You, you know that much, right? Would you say brothers? Yeah. No, this isn't right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that they're not related in a fraternal, like, in a, in a sibling sense, because Luke doesn't make out with him. <laughs> <laughs> you know it was funny there was a conversation uh or was a, on their podcast kevin smith there was someone brought the question up at one point of uh if you had to redo star wars after it went to public domain in 70 years what how would you change it or what would you theme it as how would you retell the story of star wars and he was like the only thing i would do is just make it so they never kissed because that was just fucking weird like <laughs> i was like okay Fair enough. Touche. Perfect movie minus the kissing. Got it. All right. <laughs> oh, being from the South, that was like my favorite part. That was the most relatable. <laughs> Literally relatable. Take me home. Hey, <laughs> Country road. Their family uh, look just like mine, even in a galaxy far, far away. So, question. 
as we are kind of nearing the end of our helper retrospective here, what are your absolute favorite helper moments? Most of my favorite helper moments are predicated on a long series of beeps with like juxtaposed by somebody else's dialogue. Yeah. Outside of that, like... Mine is Brock and Helper uh, talking about Maya Angelou. Well, bingo, that's exactly it. Like that's that's bingo. Like it's beep 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 beep. beep. Well, I don't think Maya Angelou was talking about. Like I love getting the the one side of the conversation and then having to kind of decode Helper because yeah. again, it's the 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 Bunsen and uh, Beaker factor and like you know uh, Helper's always the the straight man in every situation that way. He's always the Beaker. Um, but my favorite, absolutely, I guess favorite Helper moment is the, the like when he sees adrian getting torn down and he's like you know comes at brock with like the gun oh, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like and, and brock you know has to hold up the wrench and set it down like brock even knew he was in trouble a little bit he did not feel like <laughs> bring another machine that day <laughs> yeah there's also an element of like we're friends we're brothers this isn't this isn't me and you here like <laughs> we're brothers in motor oil like you've helped me change air filters here like I, uh, by the way I, I think that that is one thing that is uh it, that i didn't quite put together adrian was so much a part of brock's life that helper assumed that if brock had taken adrian apart he was coming for everyone else <laughs> It's like when they uh, they have one of those cases where like the dad kills the entire family and then himself, like yeah, <laughs> Brock just going around disassembbling everything. Is it family and helper like hiding like the blender and the toaster underneath the floorboards? Yeah, hide the children. Hide the children. No, no, Why no, am no, I now? <laughs> now I'm getting inglorious bastards, but it's that scene when they they're they're hiding beneath the floorboards, but there's just a bunch of electronics, and they're all trying to dim your lights. You can be seen. <laughs> and one of them just vibrates. He <laughs> <laughs> just starts knifing the floor. <laughs> right. No, they just pour water. They just douse it with water. <laughs> How about you, Vaughn? Um, especially, I, I, I mean, I always figured there had to be a human behind the voice in some degree, but now really just having it kind of crystal cleared out with the, uh, the, 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 the delineation of robot, robot, human. The, the scene when Helper is um, holding up the plane as the front wheel and he's just screaming as he's getting ground yeah. down, now knowing that there really was some guy in a booth just having to go, me! <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the guy in the booth is Jackson Public. It's not just Jeez. some guy. No, just the fact that anybody, anybody was yeah. in there being like, I have to channel a screaming robot holding up a plane, having his office chair legs ground into the ground. And yeah, go. My favorite, my favorite <laughs> Jackson Public is... was doing, well, Jackson Public was doing uh, the Robert Downey Jr. shtick from Tropic Thunder well before that movie. He's doing like the Tropic Thunder thing. 
iRobot. I, I'm just a dude playing a dude playing another dude. I know what I'm I am. I'm just a dude playing a robot playing another robot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my favorite helper fact is that Soulbot is the plug-in. That's funny. That's funny. That's like saying like, uh, uh, what was it? Like, oh yeah, I, I had the house cleaners come today. Who was it? Bissell. Yep. Right. <laughs> House cleaned by Bissell. You say it with such disdain, like it's like it's Dean. <laughs> I, I gotta tell you, the thing about Bissell, Bissell should be the second part of an insult. Dick Bissell. Um, actually went to school with uh, someone of the Bissell family. His last name Bissell. They were lived around the corner from us. And uh, they got asshole money. You know when people just get a certain level of money where you're just like, you can't help but be a prick? That that was where the Bissell family was at. So you know what? No, fuck the Bissells. <laughs> Dick Bissell sounds like a sports commentator. Right? Yeah. yeah. Dick Bissell. Dick Bissell coming at you with hot live <laughs> curling action. <laughs> now over to you, right. Dick. Dick Bissell coming at you with hot man-on-man coverage. <laughs> He's a sportscaster for pornos. I was going to say, is Dick Bissell what you call like a fluffer's mouth? Mm, is it cleaner when you're done? <laughs> Not when I'm done. <laughs> oh, f- the other day at work, I had somebody say, you've got to kind of... <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of uh, sticking your dick in things, I work as a veterinarian. Let me tell you about the other day. No, I just overheard a conversation. I had overheard this conversation. I just heard someone say, you have to fluff it up really well. I had no idea what this was in context of, but you, just, you have to fluff it up really well. And then the other person comes back with, I'm really good at fluffing. I, and I was just like, and I've got to get the fuck away from here. And... Yep. Uh, <laughs> I'm about to insert myself uh, into this conversation. Well, dude, you're—I didn't know that your vet office handled horses. <laughs> well, not horses, but uh, I've worked fertility clinics, and that whole thing's a fucking weird, weird a ponies, shit show. whatever. <laughs> oh, they'll—they'll they'll take your dog in, man. They don't care. They're not—they're not, they're not a, a, a animal speciesist. Uh, yeah, there's sperm banks for everything, so. <laughs> you know, that is one step away from some mad-ass science. Like, I want a squid retriever. <laughs> so, did you hear what they have uh, just released details on? And, dude, it came from the weirdest place. It was, like, the University of Vermont. They're making, it's not a cyborg. It's not an android. They're calling it, like, a xenoid or something like that. Like, X-E-N-O-I-D or something. It's something kind of like that. And instead of being a robot covered in organic parts, they're making robots exclusively from organic parts. They've taken the... the You know, when I try to make robots out of organic parts, they tell me to get out of the graveyard. (laughs) Right? So essentially what they're doing is they've taken these things and they're making robots out of the genetic material that can do basic tasks like washing dishes 
Well, so I, not not quite there yet, but you know, imagine what's going to happen when the Japanese get a hold of this. <laughs> it's going to have tentacles. <laughs> yeah. All I'm hearing though is somebody got really high and watched Pickle Rick one too many times, and was like, <laughs> "I got this. Yeah, we could do this." <laughs> Well, so like the the thing that kind of struck me about that was uh, I always the you know of course extrapolate to absurdity right, uh, and in my head, do you guys remember the the movie? You I, you probably don't. Vaud, there's no way in hell you do. It was called Robot Jocks, and my favorite part about this movie was the way that it solved world conflict, and what it said was we're going to take these giant Robotech robots. And now anytime there are trade disputes or anything like that, each country puts forth its champion and they fight it out and it is televised to a live audience around the world. And the winner of this gets their position met. So it's got very strict rules. There's no war anymore because you have these giant robots acting as a stand-in and the entire national pride is riding on these robots. Uh, kind of in the same way that they were with uh, Pacific Rim, right? Like they were really proud of, like each country was really proud of its robot, right? So uh, imagine if in the future, instead of being these giant Robotech things, it's just a giant organic robot fighting it out. Like, like imagine you flip on your TV, like Russia wants to invade Crimea, you know, let's go to the tape. And it's like these two giant freakish, like, organic robots fighting it out with a little dude in a cockpit sitting inside the throat <laughs> like i, I want to uh, i want to take this the concept thing is, like, what's the cockpit like is he just hitting like actually no, 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 I'm sorry. lands the, like, the, the 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 cockpit is uh is a little bit lower than ah uh, you did say robot jock <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh, you know, uh, actually, small. I'd want something smaller scale, and here I want more like uh, stock car racing. Like you have to have. <laughs> and, and, a, or, <laughs> well, no, you'd have to have like a standard set. You couldn't modify out of like a, a, a too large out of a set of parameters. Like the the skill and the freedom would come into limitations, but basically like helpers slap fighting for international disputes. <laughs> can I mean, you imagine what it what an organic nascar looks like when it hits a wall i think just, that's uh that that's not a mm, you know where i live you shouldn't make dale earnhardt jokes Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fine not dale earnhardt let's go with jeff gordon yeah that's or i mean you want to know what organic NASCAR looks like? Look at Jeff Gordon. There you go. <laughs> okay. Uh, do we have in any point of reference, uh, other than the actual real life Jarvis, right, for a character who serves the same function as helper in another franchise? Uh, I, just saying on the Butler front, we've got Alfred, right? Are there any others? Well, I mean, uh, the quick kind of antithesis to that is Bender. He's like the anti-helper. He's like yeah. the unhelper. 
is the uh, unhelper. Uh, general, okay. Um, mm, helper being helper, not like in the same. Hmm. You ever watch Phineas and Ferb? Oh, yeah. It's kind of it's Ferb. Helper like Ferb. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's pretty good. Well, we are here at the end of our conversation about Helper. And before we, uh, we completely wrap up with our humanoid electronic lab partner, Silent E Robot, uh, is there anything else that you guys would like to add? Uh, I mean, really, like, you know, that uh, I'm glad we, we took a little bit of time to, to talk about Helper because he is, Helper's like sound design. Like, if he's doing his job, you don't even know he's there. When he's yeah. not doing his job, everything is really fucked up. Yeah. Um, and that's how you know he's a great character. Uh, in fact, I'll, I'll be like honest, he's probably in my top 10 all time favorite TV characters right up there with like uh, Corporal Klinger or uh, Jerry Orbach's character on uh, Law and Order. Um, I mean, he, he's Detective just... Lenny Briscoe. Briscoe, that's who it was. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he's. And because of the nature of the show, he's designed to be a conglomeration of so many tropes and things I recognize. So it's it's hard for me not to love him. And then on top of that, he really is the mechanical heartbeat of the show. Like he's not, you know, moralistic or anything like that as far as we can tell. But he is like, you know, there to uh, definitely like, you know, move things along with a, a certain kind of emotional presence and levity. Um, uh, you know, I, I, again, I was thinking about Helper's role in the show, and it occurs to me that Helper is the show's magic. Like, we have magic. Dr. Orpheus has magic. But in many respects, Helper is the show's magic, because Helper is the thing that you turn to when you need to move the story along. The, the deus ex machina? Indeed. The god and the machine. He's never been a MacGuffin, though. No. Yeah, the closest they came was when they were torturing him. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. That and was pretty funny. There's a good and Star Dr. Wars parallel. Torturing robots for fun. <laughs> yeah. And the Dr. Mrs. the Monarch comes in. It's like, oh, sweetie, what have they done to you? Let's get you to your family. Oh, there's the same, like, and again, it's the same problem. Why did anybody, like, okay, why did they program the robots and all the droids in Star Wars to, to scream pain. and feel pain? <laughs> why did Venture pro, like, program Helper to have fear and feel pain and to, like, fear being, like, dis, like you know, disassembled? <laughs> you, you know what it reminds me of a little bit? Uh, I just, I mean, this is probably year, many, many, many years ago that I heard this, but somebody was like, oh, you know, what if trees could scream? And I just imagined what it would be like to walk through the woods. Like every time the wind blew, ah! like 
you know, Lord forbid if you needed wood for like a fire. <laughs> oh, no, see, in my mind, it, it would sound more like a, a Wahlberg. Like, hey, hey, <laughs> you over there. <laughs> see, I, I've always thought of dogs as Wahlbergs. Like ever since I saw the Wahlberg effect, dogs always bark in a Boston accent. Bah. I just can't. I can't get over the idea of screaming trees. Uh, being in Nevada during the summer, you would just hear like this faint scream from California for like four to six months. It would just, ah, right? Yeah. No one, no one would live near the forest. Like they just like that. That just wouldn't happen. Like you just wouldn't live there. So. I, like, I feel like that Rick and Morty planet where the sun is screaming. <laughs> <laughs> I I always interpreted that as a Teletubbies callback. Yeah. <laughs> there was no way that that like sun was happy all the time. If that's a baby, like no. <laughs> well, I mean, you read uh, you, you read Marvel's Secret War, right? Yeah. That sun was screaming. Zing. Fair enough. Ow. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's the same. I mean, it's uh, that's the same thing that happened to. Uh, oh, uh, Sally's the brother. The Human Torch. Cody. Cody. Yeah. Cody and the Human Torch. Literally, the same thing happened to them in comics. Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. If we were going to get a season eight or anything post season seven, what do you think the perfect denouement for Helper would be? If uh, Mandalorians taught us anything, it's baby Helper. <laughs> baby Helper. <laughs> uh, well, you know they did baby Helper, uh, and then Rusty stepped on him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the idea of a big helper telling a little helper not to eat all the chemicals in the glasses, and then he does it anyways, and then shits out the uh, the toxic crap. Yeah, I, I think can the, you see helper and helper two living in that cabin, like feeding? Oh, dude, whatever. That would be like, my like perfect feeding. strangers reboot. I want three helpers and a baby. <laughs> 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 well uh i'm sure it did make piddles <laughs> only with just the one helper talks yes yeah, two, yeah. two beeping booping helpers one no, helper no. that talks one helper beeps one helper talks the third helper just screams <laughs> <laughs> okay and is that a human baby like no no no, and then and then they have a human baby, and it turns out to be a, another rusty Rust. venture clone. <laughs> or I was gonna say, is that rage. what happened? That could be what happens to to Rocket Impossible, uh, you know, in the the dead space where we don't see him, because we know that he gets abandoned for a little while, and then uh, the Grand Galactic Inquisitor, <laughs> a human baby, ignore me. <laughs> Somebody left a baby. Yeah, and then the th three helpers come by and like take him, 
And then hijinks ensue. Now, which helper has the Tom Selleck mustache? Uh, I, I am going to be quite clear in that the red is Steve Gutenberg. The blue... <laughs> the blue... I, I got to tell you, man, I don't think this helper can pull off like this. This Our regular helper is more like Balky from Perfect Strangers <laughs> than he is like, yes. uh, you know, like Tom Selleck or Ted Danson. Like helper, like it, I, I feel like the red is clearly Steve Gutenberg. I feel like our helper is neither, which means that the streaming helper has to be both like mustache God and Ted Danson smooth. Oh. You know, any day that we can work Steve Gutenberg into general conversation is a great day. I gotta tell you, dude, I didn't know that he was a writer. What's Apparently, his his version of the Bible is in the Library of Congress. Oh, slid <laughs> oh. <laughs> that one by. That was smooth. <laughs> <laughs> I watched that joke dawn on both of your faces. That was glorious. Like, I just, oh, God, that was so good. That was so good. Oh, this thank you for the, that. This is for all He's the times like, we tag-teamed him into regretting his choices about joining this podcast. That, that was payback. <laughs> I can just see little Steven, like Elon and Jovan. No, Papa, I will write my own Bible. <laughs> but first, you get on set and you make three men in a baby. He only wanted to be a Bible writer, but his dad made him become a Hollywood star. No, dude, his dad was like, you get in that phone booth in Brazil and talk to Lawrence Olivier like a big boy. <laughs> you put on this cop hat and you make three more movies than people asked for. <laughs> 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 that movie also had a guy that just made weird sound effects the entire time so it kind of tracks here's the thing here's the thing i i still believe that there is room for a gutenberg like that man made short circuit he made short circuit like you know uh, you know what needs to happen circuit. to bring back steve gutenberg he, he okay. Steve Gutenberg has crossed the like the Nissan threshold. He's got to come back as like an action star. So Johnny Five gets kidnapped by Silicon Valley. All right, and then Mahoney drives to California to catch the bad guys. And there's your Steve Gutenberg Renaissance. You know, if we could pull money together for this, I think that he's got a good enough attitude about everything that he'd probably be down well i mean like, if we, hey, cobra kai has proven that if you write a tongue-in-cheek parody well enough it's got legs <laughs> well and, and you know just to be perfectly clear and we say it almost every podcast uh the thing that makes the venture brothers so special is the quality of the writing and it amazes me that people will dump 50 million, a hundred million dollars into movies without spending the three hundred thousand dollars to make sure that it's written correctly. I mean, so I, sorry, I just looked this up because I knew I had heard something. 
there's a version of short circuit coming back in some way shape or form it's a movie and apparently it's going to be slightly more latin in feel and tone which threw me kind of sideways because i didn't really think of short circuit as needing a completely different cultural bent like that isn't the first place i I would have started with a rework it's the first thing they did with helper that worked right and it worked it was a goddamn hit know what yeah give me what would steve gutenberg's spanish name be uh Uh, esteban yeah esteban and his last name and his last name would be gutenberg because so many south americans have german last names thanks to so we can assume can it's imagine, brazilian in origin uh, can you imagine esteban, <laughs> esteban gutenberg living in a little village in argentina with his blue-eyed blonde-haired children running around this little village okay okay hang on that we reshoot the boys from brazil but <laughs> they're all steve gutenberg <laughs> Like the boys from wherever Steve Gutenberg's from. <laughs> There's just a village of Steve Gutenberg's. The camera pulls out of the jungle and it's just like K Sarah Sarah playing. Oh, dude. It, 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 is, it is the children of the corny. <laughs> oh. oh, God. <laughs> Nobody can see the triumph on Savage's face right now. Like, he's like, I am slam dunking these fools right now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, I gotta tell you, I I am all in on the Steve Gutenberg. I think that's a better name than the Gutenberg. You're bringing Gutenberg? I'm bringing Gutenberg. You can't hold Gutenberg? Yeah. Um, I dude, it, it worked for um, it worked for well, and okay, Keaton. the uh, talking about the, 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 the cultural Sin- bend, uh, don't forget Short Circuit 2, where you have a Jewish Fisher Stevens playing like the worst stereotyped Indian ever, <laughs> dude. I, and again, I, I feel like Short Circuit 2 was in like I remember being disappointed when I first saw it because Steve Gutenberg wasn't in it, but in retrospect, <laughs> it was a superior movie. <laughs> this is just such a phrase. I felt disappointed because <laughs> Steve Gutenberg wasn't in it. <laughs> like that's a that's a magical time. Like that's a very short period of time in the late 80s, early 90s. Dude, let, let me put it this way we frequently rented the police academy movies and uh that that was back when uh that was back when i was becoming really interested in the blonde officer ah gotcha so yeah it was back when uh back when you would rent ski school because that was a thing uh yeah it was it was back when my mom made us return garbage pail kids because she thought it was inappropriate and I was like, mom, it's got kids in the title. <laughs> the worst thing I got caught doing was, uh, I think I put a copy of Porky's in Ninja Turtles 3 at the video store. 
and uh, I got caught when I got home because uh, <laughs> my dad went to go put the the tape in. And he's like, "This is not Ninja Turtles. This is Porky. I know what the fuck Porky's is." <laughs> uh, uh, I gotta tell you, part of me wants to uh, do a uh, a non venture related episode where we take a look at just horrible. Like, I, I don't even know that I'd call it a triumph, but high watermarks of crassness in American culture, and I feel like Porky's is up there. It's, it's the movie that had to up. it was the movie that had to come out for things like American Pie to ever be thought of as possibly successful and everything that's Man. come since I kind of feel like is sort of owing a little bit of lineage back to that I gotta tell you man that feels like the Genghis Khan argument the Genghis Khan argument goes well, the modern world wouldn't have been possible if Genghis Khan hadn't done what he did. So in a lot of ways, like, oh, I, I'm sorry, you mean the single deadliest thing that has ever happened to all of humanity? Ever? Ever. Like, outstripping both world wars a thousand years before was really just a blessing in disguise. Like it's a that that is that is some silver linings right there, my friend. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's all a timetable game. Like that's the the one thing I can figure out in the the difference between what they call quote unquote the East and the West is just time. So I guarantee you, the Genghis Khan argument comes from an Asian country, probably China. And here's the thing: is they play games of chess that last hundreds of years. When asked about like the lasting effects of like the French Revolution, the Chinese ambassador to France in 1955 said, "I don't know. We'll have. It's been too. Uh, was it a? We're not. I, I don't know. It's been too soon to call." From 1955 to 1800 is too soon for this man to see the effects of the French Revolution. So like in terms of like the Genghis Khan argument, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Like of course they're going to really hindsight the shit out of that. <laughs> well, it, it, the, the Chinese were not really big fans of Genghis Khan either. Like let's not, you know, yeah, they ruled China for a little while, but the Yuan dynasty, you know, as soon as they could get them out, they did. Like, well, I mean, you know, he was pretty much just a con man. <laughs> yeah. Now, why do I want to see oh, the guy? Good. I want to see that's Guy good. Ritchie's version of uh, Genghis Khan. I don't know why, but I want to see some like super slick talking guy just sort of talk his way into halfway owning half of the world. You know what but I'd like to see? <laughs> like seducing like every woman he sees. Yeah. <laughs> I love the way that you say seducing like it wasn't something else. No, no, no. In the Guy Ritchie version, it would have to be straight up seduction. Uh, yeah, yeah, oh, dude, I'd love to see Guy Ritchie take on the Assyrian Empire. Oh, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> like, only the worst people that have ever lived. That's cool, yo. No. No, the Assyrians are not the worst people that ever lived. Do you know why? Because clowns had not been invented yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, look, I I'll have you know that he's not even out of office. You shouldn't talk about it like this. 
Ooh. Oh, topical. Uh, by the way, uh, th- this is something I've been wanting, and I've been talking about it a lot in my private life. Uh, so you two have might have heard me complain about it, but I just I feel like I need the rest of the one person in every country that we listen to, that listens to us in all six continents around the world. Shout out to Uganda and Hull. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I just found out that there's a clown college in my neighborhood, and I could not be more pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, dude, 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 hold up, hold up, hold up. Uh, uh, allow me to argue for a brief moment in defense of clowns, because if no, we shut didn't up. We're stopping. Clowns, uh, we <laughs> so never have gotten mom, the Joker. No, no, no. Shut up, without shut up. the I'm Joker, good, we don't have good Batman. I'm Genghis Conning this argument. Uh, okay, here's 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 where I'm at. So my mom's. I'm uh, trying to be constructive. <laughs> <laughs> so was he. Uh, so my mom uh, is an older you know, like, and she uh, lives with us part time as uh, the seasons change because her and her husband you know live out on the road and so we, we've just recently moved uh, you know it's kind of been chronicled in a few episodes here and um, there's more people around us in general like more population so my mom is that that scared white lady. Like she's seeing more brown people than usual, and that's got her radar up. And that just cracks me the fuck up because I'm literally scared of the whitest people in our neighborhood. <laughs> like if I had known that that was in the neighborhood, I would have changed school districts for my kids. Like no, this is not. <laughs> this is unacceptable. Like the neighborhood's going downhill. <laughs> Can't be near those pale faces. <laughs> and everyone's going downhill in wide, flappy shoes. <laughs> it's, it's going downhill in a clown car. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you make a really solid point with the Batman case. Batman might not be as cool without the Joker. To that, I say, then what the fuck was the Riddler even doing around? I also feel like you're, you're kind of Gorshin. missing... That's the only I reason. Like, I also feel like you're missing one of the crucial elements. Like, are, are you familiar with kind of how the clown developed? Well, the clown I comes out of the heart from the mantis shrimp. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the clown, it, the clown, the American clown is kind of like comes to us from like the Harlequinade, right? And so, like, in a lot of ways. Clowns can be really useful. Um, it, clowns are like the sci-fi of everyday living. Wait, wait, wait. Did you just say that without Harlequin, we wouldn't have had a Joker then? No, the, the Harlequin odd, the Harlequin Yeah, but isn't that is, what they, it, is, is that somewhat what they based the, the Harlequin look on? Well, so Harley Quinn takes her name from that. Just the name, um, but wasn't the aesthetic also somewhat similar? Uh, I mean, so you, you had, it's originally kind of a, like a renaissance development. Okay, it's more that style. When did the so, name of this fucking podcast become Clown Talk? <laughs> right? Clown Talk was scaring speaking. the hell out of Bieslema. <laughs> um, I'm getting uncomfortable. I, I have to... Yeah, I, I, know, I know what you're getting for Christmas. <laughs> a visit late at night from Santa a clown. robot. 
you're going to get a helper robot standing over your bed dressed like a clown. So basically you're giving me like a, a violent breakdown for Christmas. <laughs> a violent mental breakdown. Hey, I got you some PTSD for Christmas. <laughs> what did you get for Christmas this year? <laughs> Therapy appointments. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty solid. Well, I think it is time that our episode about our favorite humanoid robot with uh, roller chair, office chair legs draws to a close. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming to join us as we celebrate Helper, the Venture Brothers oft uncelebrated essential worker. Now, as we bid you all farewell and happy holidays from us here at the Helper Network and Conjectural Technologies, a venture industries podcast, I want to turn to him for just one moment and ask our fellow co-hosts what their wishes are this holiday season for you, our dear listeners. Mm. Thank you very much, Beast. That was insightful. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. I was playing pocket pool. Uh, <laughs> no, my, my wish for you, dear listeners, uh, going into this new year uh, and, and, you know, holiday season is... Uh, that we find some sort of either acceptance or renewal, either accept that Venture Brothers might not come back or just wait for the renewal. Like that's, that's really your only two options. Uh, I love the Venture fans and I love that we are, you know, some of the, the more uh, polite fans when it comes to the social sphere, but like, let's, let's not go full Snyder on it guys. Uh, let's not cling too hard. We got a good ending. You know, we've got a solid seven, you know, seasons and that's okay. So that's, that's what I want to, to wish all the venture fans is, you know, either the, you know, uh, renewal that they're looking for, or, you know, the acceptance their, you know, soul desperately requires. But also peanut butter cups. Oh, those are the devil. Nice. Always got out the peanut butter cups. Um, for all of our fans still listening here in 2020, I just hope you all make it to 2021. Um, we've all had a hell of a year. Oh, by the time you listen to this, that'll be like a week. That's a hard Is that week. What we're looking at. <laughs> oh, screw it. Y'all bastards made it out of 2020 alive. What more can you fucking ask for? Like... <laughs> the other day, I, I saw these uh, girls at the store stuffing balloons in their car. And they're like the big lettered balloons. And it's yeah. like a two and a zero. And it's, it's all, I was like, hey, does are your balloons say 2020? She was like, yeah. I was like, that's why you're having a hard time right now. And like, <laughs> both of those like, girls just died laughing. Like, <laughs> oh, that's, that's good. That's good. Um, my wish for our listeners is in some regards, the opposite of your wish, Beast in that I, my wish- Are you wishing for, for more clowns? And the fan base in general is that we get opportunities to watch what the fans can do with this. Like in the same way that we got the Trevorrow script, right? Instead of, yeah, we got the Abrams movie, but we also got the Trevorrow script. I would love to see some of the, like fan effort uh 
wrap ups, to put it quite simply. Like I'm oh, looking you know, for. I, I I would love to see that also. That has been an idea we've been pitching, like wanting to do for a long time. But I'm going to be honest with you, for whatever reason, there's lacking like venture fan fiction. We will produce your fan fiction. Like we will yeah. give you credit. We will cast it. We will do all the hard work. You can even be in it. But if you have a way that you want season eight to to wrap up in your head, you know, however you want the show to to finish up, or if you have a whole series of season eight, hit us with it. We will make it. Like uh, I'm not, I'm not kidding. Like you said, it's the exact opposite. No, uh, writing stories is a good like piece of therapy to move on, man. Uh, like <laughs> I am so down for fan fiction, um, just because uh, that's. That's where the show is now. That's one of the things that you know we get to do with the show uh, is play in all the nooks and crannies. It's simultaneously the reason Mandalorian is great and awful. Mandalorian is great because it's showing you all the shit you want to see, but it's also kind of bad in the way that now you're limited. Now we understand Mandalorian culture. We can't fantasize about it the same way. Well, I, I yeah, in I some know, areas maybe, of the introverse, we can we can still fantasize about those corners. You might be selling that a little short because we've already been introduced to three different types of Mandalorian society in the show. That doesn't well, I mean, mean it's but that's what I'm saying. It's uh, the thing that you can imagine, like the the possibility that you can imagine, is always going to be greater than the reality that's handed to you. The most palpable way that this works is usually speaking in fear. Why do horror movies work? Why is Freddy only scary in the first like handful of films? Because they go out of your way to not show you Freddy Krueger, to not show you Jason, you know, and hopes and desires are very much that same way. Like there's infinite potential in not having definition. Now, don't get me wrong, as a completionist and as somebody who loves memorizing fucking fake histories of times that never existed, like, no, yeah, I love the fill-in and the understanding and the culture and stuff. But I also really get, like, a creative hard-on by abstraction. I'm stroking it right now. That right there is the uh, title of this episode. You're going to put <laughs> helper and ode to the creative hard-on of abstraction. <laughs> I'm chop that down real quick. <laughs> I'm, sure that off. I'm just gonna make for the art like helper with just a giant erection like <laughs> full data as it were yeah full data well friends once again thank you so much for joining us 2020 is almost over we've successfully made it in as much as you managed to stick it out for the final week thanks so much and we will see you in 2021 Happy holidays, wherever you are celebrating, whatever you're celebrating, even if you're not celebrating, we're celebrating you as well. Have a great night, everyone. And from all of us here at Conjectural Technologies, a Venture Disease Podcast, and the Helper Network, go, go Team Venture! That wasn't that bad. Nice. <laughs> It's because I, I did the whole works much like data. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I'll holler at you later. Good All right, night, take it easy, guys.
Conjectural Technologies podcast is hosted, produced, and researched by me, Beast Lamode, Professor Brock Savage, and Vaudevillain. Edited by Beast Lamode and Vaudevillain. Intro music produced by Professor Brock Savage. Email us at conjecturaltechpodcast at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at conjecttech underscore pod and go team venture. Dirty wins. Done. <laughs> <laughs>